afternoon. Hello, welcome, sports fans, to to the Saints Radio on the Bridge 1120. That's your sport voice. Today it is, yes. Oh, bless. <laughs> to the Saints. What do you know? Not a lot. My name is R.C. This is Andrew. This is Tyrone. This is Allison. This is Carrie. And this is Bridget. All right. Well, we're back here talking on the radio because that's what we pay to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you'd like to hear us, but you can't hear the radio, but you have an internet, if you have uh, the line, then you can listen to us on the line. If you're on the line. Yes. Yes. At um, tothesaints.com. All together now? To the saints.com. Andrew didn't talk. (laughs) Andrew. (laughs) He's fired. To the saints.com, where you can listen to old programs, which we highly encourage you to do. Yes. Because if you haven't noticed yet, each program builds on the previous one. So we can say something that we have already mentioned, and we'll talk about it, and you won't know what we're talking about unless you go back and listen to previous programs. All right there on the website at tothesaints.com. Also, you can ask questions and make comments. Very nice ones, please. And uh, you support. You know, we said we pay to be on the radio. You can help us do that as well. We've been speaking of the Shulamite maiden in Song of Songs who has gone from kind of being imprisoned in her own vision of herself to being set free. Mm-hmm. And she's being set free more and more as her love grows. Yes. That's what we're talking about this week is growing love. <laughs> do we have to say it like that all <laughs> morning, <laughs> all day? Yes, you do, Andrew. You have to also do the hand thing. Oh, okay. I'm not seeing my hands. They can't, they're they can't growing, obviously. Hands. <laughs> my hands are growing. That sounds odd. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it is. It's very odd. But anyway, so last week we talked about faltering love. We've talked about initial love, which is kind of that honeymoon stage, or even just first meeting somebody, you know, that, that excitement, that tingle in your fingers kind of feeling. And then the faltering love, uh-oh, what's going on with this kind of thing. And now we're, we're looking at growing love. And we have two more sections to really kind of, or two more themes to draw from the book Song of Songs uh, after growing love, which is transforming love onto mature love. Yes? Yes. Yes. And so last week we really talked about, in the faltering love, the aspect of the cross, which is more than just the work that Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago in time and space, but the, the way of the cross, which is what he lived up into the work of the cross and we now live by. Mm-hmm. And which leads, obviously, for those who walk the way of the cross, we know. It leads unto something. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. not death. Nope. It's the opposite of death. What is it, Allison? It's life. <laughs> Resurrection life. There you go. <laughs> Wanted to make sure your microphone <laughs> worked. Thanks, RC. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so resurrection life. And we talked about that, how we see the Lord. He operates in that life, that power of the resurrection life. Just like the Shulamite woman saw the king living out of that overcoming resurrection life, bounding over the hills. And she wanted to be there. She wanted that kind of life. 
And to do that, we had to go through the cross, a, a faltering love, a death of sorts, to get to resurrection life. And now in this resurrection life, it grows in us, right? Mm-hmm. So hang on a second, because you said you said she saw him and she wanted to be there, but in reality, she saw him, but she wanted him to come back into her circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. And he was the one calling her out and saying, no, you come out yes, here with me. True. And On my she, ground. she hesitated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she didn't at first. Um, and so the faltering love was basically him calling her out and sometimes her hesitating, but then eventually going out and looking for him. Sometimes her responding in her own way, maybe not coming um, into his circumstances, but at least leaving her own. Mm-hmm. You know, she came out from behind the wall, but she didn't really join him where he was. Um, and it's this, it's this learning, this, this um, the Lord calling her out and her response, whatever it is. And that, that's why it's that, that's why that season or that theme is called faltering love because she's, she is learning mm-hmm. like when a baby's learning to walk and right. she's falling down a lot mm-hmm. but the lord is being patient and he's um he's doing his work in her over that time and she's learning mm-hmm. yes and out of that learning she is over being transformed again. yes over and over again <laughs> <laughs> right we talked about that the seasonal aspect of mm-hmm. death and resurrection life yeah. <clears throat> she is being changed yes into a new creation Mm-hmm. So, the um, the new creation has to do with all things becoming new. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scripture references to the new heavens and the new earth and things that will be new and all things that will be made new. But there is an aspect that is new mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And we can hear about that in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Yes. So already right now today, those of us in Christ are new creatures. Yes. Part of the new creation. We're already here. And that is because we have the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've actually become a new humanity. Yeah. I mean, to add to that, we, we mentioned it last week. It's not necessarily a newness of anything bad in ourselves. Mm-mm. It's a complete newness. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. even of the good, right? Good and bad. Like we are completely renewed in yes. Christ. Well, what mm-hmm. does Jesus say? You must be born from above, mm-hmm. right? So you're born again. We that's the term we use in Christianity. I'm born again Christian. Well, what does that mean, really? It means you start over mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. something new. You don't you don't make what old is better. You don't make what is old better. Right. <laughs> We, we even talked about the cross coming in like a wrecking ball mm-hmm. and destroying everything. And it's gone. The old is gone. The new has come. And so as a newborn, we have to learn. We have to grow into this. We have to humble ourselves to do that, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't come into it knowing everything. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> we like to think we do. Mm-hmm. Even those of us who are little mature in this we still think that we <laughs> we know more than we think we know <laughs> i know right not all the time but sometimes Mm-mm. i speak maybe i'm pointing the fingers more at me than you guys i don't know <laughs> but yes yeah, part of it is- <laughs> what y'all laughing about 
Oh, that isn't you at all? Of course that's me. Of course that's oh me. It was gosh. just funny, the was, silence. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, uh... Nope, that's true. He's not speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone was like, yeah, he's definitely speaking my yeah. language. We're just playing with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, today we're going to be looking at how the Lord sees us mm-hmm. in the, as this new creation, how we should look at ourselves and see ourselves in this new creation, and also how we see others in the new creation. Sometimes, you know, we can say the Lord has forgiven our sins. We're a new creation. He, you know, our sins are buried as far as the east is from the west. Mm-hmm. But then when we see our brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't forget. Right. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. hold on to these things and we, we don't ask the Lord, Lord, how do you see them? Or Lord, mm-hmm. help, help me see my brothers and sisters how, how you see them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so there's all these aspects. And, now, in the, you know, the first section, how the Lord sees us, and then uh, we'll get to how we should see ourselves. Okay. So how does the Lord see us? He sees us as a new creation, R.C. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, this whole story we've been talking about from the beginning of Song of Songs, the king saw the Shulamite woman, he, the king saw the bride, how she should be or how she is and this whole transforming process is her coming into this reality yes exactly it's like when we see a baby we see all the potential Mm -hmm. in that baby Mm -hmm. Um, we know the potential the baby has to grow up into a mature or complete human right Um, and we love the baby for that Mm mm-hmm we don't we don't think less of the baby because mm-hmm. it's just that potential baby. isn't realized yet, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think I see that in uh, in my children too. Mm-hmm. Like I see this potential, yeah. and you provide opportunities, but ultimately it's their choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're there as encouragement and support, but you you see what they what they can, can become. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you see for themselves what they may not be able to see yet, mm-hmm. and that's what the Lord does. Yes. You know, he sees in us. He knows because he's he's in us what we're going to become. And we just haven't realized it yet. It's coming into, we're being transformed into it as well. Yeah. Seems, seems like we're a first up. step in that is in seeing ourselves as the Lord sees us is just acknowledging mm-hmm. um, that we are a new creation. Sort of accepting and receiving that even in a very basic way, just Yes, I am a new creation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Re- recognizing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that can Choosing be... to believe it by faith. Yes. Even when we don't feel like a new creation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard, especially if um, you've come from a background that focuses on sin. Mm-hmm. You will always... You can always see yourself as a sinner constantly messing up or, you know, needing God's grace, which we always need God's grace, but it's... If we stay in that sin mindset, it will be hard for us to see ourselves as a new creation as he does. Yeah. And so part of that that first initial step is to take that, that leap of faith with him and say, I am a new creation. You have done away with sin and its nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just walk with him in it for a little while until that's wrought in you that you know. Mm-hmm. you know. And so it takes a little bit. So at the beginning of, of this section of Song of Songs, we have um, – <clears throat> The, the maiden and the king together, 
and they are coming up into a new place actually traveling. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of that, but what we see is we're now starting to see the manifestation of that transforming work that we were mm-hmm. just talking about mm-hmm. in her, that the Lord's been doing through the season of faltering love. We are seeing the new creation begin to be realized in her. Um, and it's it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, when we talk about the idea of Christ's work in us, it's it comes from that place of being willing to go wherever he leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because there are some things in us that we don't know that we need to be able to mature us. Mm-hmm. Only he knows what it's going to take to get us to um, where he wants us to be. And so over and over and over again, he will bring us into situations that allow for that growing to happen. And really on our part is just the yielding to that, mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to go wherever he calls us to go. Um, and an analogy I kind of had with that, if you see it in nature too, you have all types of plants. Obviously, anything outdoors um, in the way of nature is all the time exposed to the elements, they don't get a choice of what they are exposed to over the course of any given season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much absolute, have to be absolutely surrendered to the elements. You know, it could be flooding, it could be drought, it could be heat, cold, and especially the way the weather is now in a lot of places, you know, a lot of nature is probably experiencing things in excess or lack of in a lot of, in a lot of areas of the United States. And so, but it has been noted, it was kind of fun when I was looking at some of this, it has been noted, though, that um, the fruits that are exposed to heat and drought have often turned out sweeter. Mm-hmm. They may be smaller in general, but they're actually sweeter. And um, they were talking about peaches, and they, um, one of the peaches, or this particular article was talking about the fact that they were smaller on scale, but they tasted really good. And it was because of the stress. Mm-hmm. The stress of the elements made them produce more sugar. And... Um, I remember that from what was that movie we watched, Darcy? The wine movie. The guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. If darn, we'll find it. Yeah. And we'll tell you later. We'll put it on the website. Yeah, it was a great. But movie. a really amazing movie mm-hmm. about um, some vineyards out in California in the seventies, um, and how that was really when <laughs> California wine started to be compared to French wine because French wine was considered so much um, better. Mm-hmm. But anyway, one of the lines in there from from the owner of the vineyard was um, the plants have to struggle. Yeah. Or that because that's what makes the grapes sweeter and yep. the wine better. If, mm-hmm. if the if the ground's too moist and the plants don't have to work mm-hmm. um, to get what they need, then um, the grapes actually aren't as sweet. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's fun. Even in nature, you know, how that can happen. It's, you know, has a lot of similarities in our spiritual life as well. Um, the, also the other thing, the plants uh, aren't necessarily concerned for their growth. They're not constantly thinking, am I producing fruit? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? They literally just draw from the sun and they draw from the soil all that they need to do what it is their DNA knows how to do. Mm -hmm. And that is to grow and produce fruit. Um, and so that kind of has a lot of, you know, similarities to us. We don't need to be concerned about our fruit in a way of, am I producing fruit? Am I producing fruit? You know, where we're constantly thinking of that. Our, our concern is to be focused on Christ and drawing from him and drawing, you know, all of our sustenance from him, then the fruit will come. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is God who causes the growth. And it's the same in nature. God causes the growth in nature. He um, is the one that cares for 
all the plants, he, and he cares for us as well spiritually. And you, so, in other words, we can draw some parallels. Um, so, part of us saying that you know to mature, you know, becoming absolutely surrendered to whatever elements and circumstances the Lord allows matures us. Um, and some of us can think that okay, when bad things happen, I must be doing something wrong, and that's not necessarily always the case. It can, it can mean that, but it doesn't always mean that. Um, and we too, you know, produce much sweeter fruit fruit under heat and pressure. Mm-hmm. Whenever that happens, you know, we actually grow. They've actually shown that some trees will grow deeper roots under um, a lot of stress and pressure of storms and things like that. So they grow down deeper when things have happened. And so um, it's okay to allow some of those things to happen. It's just seeing seeing the Lord and drawing from Him when those things are happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't want, I don't wish. Mm-mm. increased pressure on my brothers and sisters but no. just living in this world there's right. pressure and yeah some a lot of times that causes us to go deeper into christ and for me yes. it re, um, really requires me to reach out to my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and together drawing strength from the lord yeah. yeah exactly yeah none of us ask for these difficult times, but we do know on this side of things now realizing what the Lord is gaining when they do happen. Right. And so that's how come we've come to learn to appreciate them. Um, and I do want to point out, too, is that this fruit isn't ours. The fruit that is produced in us, the, the, the maturing, is really only Christ himself growing within us, mm-hmm. increasing within us. You know, this idea of he's inward, expanding outward, absorbing all of us, all the way out to our flesh, mm-hmm. you know, and then it is a process. And so it is his fruit. And so when we see anything um, in the way of fruit, just know that it's his. It's it's not something that we have of our own to be able to make or um, do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times the fruit that we produce is really for his pleasure. Yes. Um, this isn't for us to take and do as we please with. Right. Um, it is for his pleasure, for his eating. He will actually pick the fruit and eat it himself and take it in. And, and he has pleasure in doing that. Um, and so he's the one that causes himself to grow in us. And he, you know, orchestrates circumstances in order for that to happen. I think that's a big, uh, a big shift mm-hmm. that, that we should take a moment to highlight. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. That the fruit isn't for us. Mm-mm. The fruit is for him Mm -hmm. for our lord he is what the father is the vine dresser the husbandman and he's the one who reaps the fruit Mm -hmm. he's the one who reaps the benefits of it and so it's it's not like carrie just said it's not for us to i mean we enjoy it that that's 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 a um, byproduct i guess you could say of being in christ Mm -hmm. being joint heirs with him we we do get to enjoy it but it's not for us first. Right. From, from him to him and by him. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, yes, it is first and foremost unto the Lord. <clears throat> so when we think of this fruit is for him, that, that, that'll change how we see things now. Mm-hmm. Which is what's happening to our maiden in the story. Yeah. She's seeing that this isn't so much, he's not so much for her as she is for him. Yeah, yes. In chapter four, he calls her a garden. Mm-hmm. And then she says, just a little later, let my beloved come to his garden and eat its choicest fruits. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's inviting him to eat yes. those fruits. Yeah. 
And really, it's the fruit of his labor yes. in her, yeah. which is the work that we were talking about. The work that he's um, produced in her, the fruit he's produced in her is himself. And so he's really just enjoying himself in her, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she's allowing him to develop himself in her for that to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's that's a, a big sign towards maturity. And I think you mentioned it earlier, but if our focus is on the fruit, mm-hmm. then we're missing the point. Yes. Yes. If we're um, focused on Christ and his expression, mm-hmm. then the fruit will naturally come. come. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the trees don't have to think about producing anything. No, the mm-hmm. vine, the grapes don't, the vine does not have to sit there and think, <laughs> trying to push out a grape you know like it doesn't it doesn't strive that was awesome <laughs> it doesn't strive it was it was it's pushing out a grape or a cluster of grapes I can't even imagine <laughs> that's how you can potty train your boys now hey, you need to push out a grape push out a grape <laughs> I won't even go with watermelon. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying, the, the, it, there's no striving or struggling here. It is just, uh, it's actually taking you back to this initial love in a way. You're just enjoying Christ and who He is mm-hmm. is what produces the fruit. So you don't need to pay attention to right. all the time of what's you know, am I doing something? It, you know, having that litmus, that spiritual litmus test of am I maturing? Don't worry about it. The Lord will take care of that. That is His concern. Forget about it. Yeah, just just concentrate on enjoying Christ. Ours is to focus on drawing from the source. Yes, all the time in any circumstance He allows us. Happy, right. sad, what it doesn't matter. Well, one reason that being concerned with the fruit and trying to have a litmus test to know is Mm -hmm. that um, we don't actually know Mm -mm. what spiritual maturing looks like. No. And um, if we base it on what human maturing looks like, then our litmus test will be so off it won't even be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And... We'll, we'll talk more about that later, but we, we, we don't even, we within ourselves don't even have a correct litmus test. No. So our, that's yeah. one of the, you know, Are dangers you? Mm-hmm. in being focused on that and trying to discern for ourselves. Right. Um, so it is kind of fun here in uh, Song of Songs. He begins to describe every part of her body. Mm-hmm. And in that, um, we do get a glimpse in there that in this describing that he, he what he's describing in her is this spiritual developing maturity in her mm-hmm. and each one of the things parts of the body that he focuses on is an aspect of himself that he's developed in her yeah. um, and it looks completely different than what we would think even just in modern Christianity what um, mature mm-hmm. person looks like in uh, the Lord. Ha- have you guys ever seen those videos, those pictures of uh, arm wrestlers? Oh, yeah. And like the arm wrestler, when they, they show them, that they have one arm that's like six times bigger <laughs> than the other arm. <laughs> and I thought that was like... That's over the top. I was about to say, that sounds like Stallone over the top. <laughs> but as you hopefully will see as we go through these different parts, it's not one part that is 10 times bigger than right. the other part. <laughs> we heard about that in Corinthians. One part's not valued over another, right? Right, right, right. All of them are required. And so in this, it is the same idea. They're going to develop. Um, awesome. So we'll start that when we get back. Oh, 
Well, all right then. You want to do that, huh? Oh, man, it's building. Can you feel it building? <laughs> hey, if you're going to talk, can you tell us what we're listening to? You're listening to the Saints. To the Saints. <laughs> sounds on to the saints <laughs> welcome back to to the saints here on the bridge 1120 and on the line at to the saints.com go to the website to listen to past shows and ask questions make comments and support and register for a conference that we've talked about and we'll talk about again next hour you don't want to miss it you right Neither the talking about it nor the conference about it. <laughs> My name is R.C. This is not R.C. This is Andrew. <laughs> this is Tyrone. This is Carrie. And this is Bridget. What happened to Allison? <laughs> Allison is tending to baby <laughs> okay, currently. Yes, but she will be back. She will be back. Yes. She will <clears throat> return. She will be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where'd we leave off? Yeah, so we left off with um, the king in Song of Songs describing what he now sees in the maiden. Um, And what's interesting is that he's actually said some of these things to her already previously um, in Song of Songs. But now he is repeating them and I I feel like it's expanding or expounding on them. Um, He's he's being a little more specific. He's... um, and we talked about earlier how when we when we see a baby, we, we are excited for the potential that's within that, that baby. And I feel like that's what the Lord was doing at the beginning, and particularly in initial love. Um, he was acknowledging the potential that he saw in her. And now what we see is the king is actually commenting on the realization of some of that potential in her. Some of that potential is actually coming into fruition and... Um, and another difference is how she responds to that. Yeah. Which is awesome, and we'll get to in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing that the king comments on is her eyes. Mm-hmm. He, he calls them, he, he tells her he has, she has dove's eyes, um, and they are within thy locks or behind her veil. And the interesting thing about doves as creatures are that, uh, is that they actually can only focus on one thing at a time. The way their eyes are set in their head, doves can only focus on one thing at a time. Um, and so basically he's acknowledging that she has, she has gained a singular focus, and he is now her singular focus. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that's beautiful is that the spirit in Scripture is called a dove. Yeah. Um, and in the Old Testament, a dove usually symbolizes the, the, the spirit. And so she has taken on the nature of the spirit <clears throat> in that she has dove's eyes. Um, she can perceive spiritual things mm-hmm. now. Um, it, it's, it's amazing the difference. <clears throat> I, I remember a few years back when I, 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 I didn't even realize it at the time, but basically my only sort of really exercise spiritual sense was hearing. Mm -hmm. I I listened to the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that part of that was because of the way modern Christianity is set up. We, we listen to one person talk pretty much every week. You know, that's, that's, what, that's kind of what gets trained in us is yeah. the listening. And I was on a walk with the Lord. And out of the blue, I just had this thought. And it was, watch and learn me. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. Because I don't even know that I could exercise spiritual sight if I wanted to. I don't even really know that I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I thought I'm, this, this thought might be from the Lord because in and of myself, I wouldn't think watch mm-hmm. and learn him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had just brought our CNI into an opportunity to, to watch him in his body. Mm-hmm. And he started to develop that spiritual perception. Um, and it was, um, I, I, I can't even really explain it because it's like growing up. You don't, you just start to learn it. The Lord's mm-hmm. doing all the work. Um, but I do remember him, him calling me to watch and learn him. And he is quite magnificent to watch. Yes. I is. must say. Um, so, so the maiden has learned to see, to see reality really. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is that, but her sight is within a veil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's within her locks. And so she isn't showing off this spiritual perception to the world. No. She isn't going around and telling everybody what she sees spiritually. Mm-hmm. And look at me. I can see spiritually. <laughs> yeah. She's not pointing to herself. She's not. And as we were just talking about in the mm-hmm. previous section, her, her spiritual sight is ultimately for the Lord. Yes. Which is hard for us to grasp, right? Because mm-hmm. we think, no, no, my spiritual sight is to help other people come to know the Lord. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Or my spiritual sight is to make the world a better place. Yeah. But in reality, her spiritual sight is even for, unto. We, we know it's by because he's the one doing the work. Yeah. The Lord. Yeah. Um, it's, it's for his joy and satisfaction that she has spiritual sight. Mm-hmm. It will affect the world. It will affect humanity around her. Mm-hmm. We, we, don't, we don't have to worry about that. Um, but ultimately, it's for her king. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful about it is now she's starting to see what her king sees. Yeah. She's seeing as her king sees. Mm-hmm. And this is him bringing her into um, his circumstances like we talked about. He, he wanted her to be bounding over the mountains with him. Yes, and her, his circumstances from his point of view. Yes. She's able to see that now, mm-hmm. what, what that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it made me think of in Colossians where Paul's praying. He's praying for the saints to have yes. spiritual understanding. Yeah. Yes. This is the same thing. If we have an earthly view of things, yes. we are going to see a situation and all we are going to see is how it affects me. Or how it affects someone else that I love, mm-hmm. um, how it affects the world, and we, the Lord, has to grow in us this sort of spiritual understanding, this spiritual perception, so that we can see things like Carrie was saying from His vantage point. Yes. And when we have His vantage point, His spiritual perception, then we actually see things rightly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the and difference. then we actually know what He wants in that situation. Yes, yeah. we do. That's the biggest difference. Not what we want or what we would prefer <laughs> or what we think would be best. Right. But what he wants. Right. And, and can how see. he wants to go about obtaining that mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. How he wants to walk out mm-hmm. gaining what he wants to gain in it. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual perception is um, 
unbelievably valuable to the king in his saints. And he works to grow that in them. Yes, he does. <clears throat> and now so he's starting to recognize that in her. He's seeing he's the fruit of his, his labor. Yes, he's seeing the fruit of his labor. Yes. She's able to notice these things and see things from his point of view and his uh, standard. Mm-hmm. The spiritual sight is, is, again, that singular focus is on the source. Yes. And not on the fruit. Mm-mm. If I focus on an apple, man, this apple, this apple, this apple, I won't ever have any other apples. Because I can't, I can't make an apple from an apple. I mean, you do with the seed and all that. I mean, you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying here. It, yeah. <laughs> when I come back to the source of it, where if I focus on the source of what causes that fruit, then more fruit will come. Right. But if I'm just focused on the fruit and forgetting about the source, neglecting the source, then I'm going to run out of fruit eventually. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we talked about last week, that bouquet of roses. If I'm focused on the rose but not the bush, the root, the source then eventually that life will die and wither out and won't ever come back. But as I'm focused on the root, on the source, on him, the Lord, Jesus Christ. That's who we talk about when we say him. (laughs) It's all unto him. I'm about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so when we mention these things as maturing, don't focus on, I need to gain spiritual perception. Right. You need to focus on Christ and that spiritual Oh, I need, Perception I need will dove's come. eyes. I need to focus on dove's eyes. Yeah, I need eyes. dove's eyes now. I guess I just, I, that, that's what he wants. Yeah, but it's his work to do it. Exactly. All you need to do is just focus on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, sometimes I can remember when I was so focused on having dove's eyes that, you know, my focus wasn't on Christ. Yeah. Right. And then as I was asking the Lord for those dove's eyes, all he would say was, look at me. Mm-hmm. Right. Focus on me. <laughs> yes. And you're like, and wait a minute. And then I focused on him. And it did take someone else pointed out to me, like, hey, you you have yes. those eyes. You have yes. a focus on Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was that other person seeing that. Yes. That I was like, oh, okay. But I was, I was never, that wasn't my goal anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had already, I was just on Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Colossians 2, 2, I just want to read it because I think it's really encouraging in the sense Um, that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding or the full assurance of spiritual sight Mm -hmm. resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. That is Christ himself. That is the true knowledge of God's mystery, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Christ himself. And the understanding is Christ. The spiritual sight is Christ. Um, so, Andrew, that was a great um, example. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that, resulting in true knowledge of God's mystery. Mm-hmm. That is Christ himself. Mm-hmm. God's mystery is not that I have dove's eyes. Right. No. God's mystery is not that I am saved from hell. Mm-mm. God's mystery is not I can speak in tongues. No. Mm-hmm. no. God's mystery is one person, Christ Yes. himself. That's awesome. The all in all. Amen. Um, So the next thing that the king comments on is her hair. And he calls her hair um, a, it is like a flock of goats upon Mount Gilead. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of goats. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of hair. (laughs) Or she's she's bald and it's just kind (laughs) of. (laughs) Patchy. 
<laughs> oh, that's hilarious. We'll say flock. Yeah. Flock, flock, flock. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Sometimes. patchy hair. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is. It's beautiful flowing hair. Yeah. Um, Rapunzel. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but what this is signifying, first of all, um, hair, particularly the, the covering of the head, is a um, picture of submission. Mm-hmm of this consecration and obedience unto the Lord. She has grown in her submission to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this season of responding to him when he calls her over and over and over again um, has created in her this beautiful submission where he is now her covering. He is the one calling the shots. Yeah. He is the one in control. Um, she is submissive and obedient to him. Um, basically she mm-hmm. now has this, this aspect of set apartness because she's no longer under the control of herself yeah. anymore. She is now under the control of another. And that looks different mm-hmm. than all the people who are still only submitted to themselves. <laughs> um, so there's the set apartness to her that her hair signifies, um, so the flock of goats, goats were chiefly used as sin offering uh, back in Solomon's day. Um, they're typically white and they were used as sin offering. And so we see this, um, this, her being ready to give herself to the king at any time, just as the goats essentially were taking on man's sin and being given you know, in place of man's sin. Obviously, she's not a sin offering herself. No. Um, but she is willing to be offered to the king as an offering. Like a living sacrifice. Yes. We Constantly talked about that last offering week. offering herself up mm-hmm. as a living sacrifice for, right. for whatever he wants. And that's really just, honestly, that's really just the <clears throat> outworking of submission. That, that, that's the outworking of obedience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something special. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's that, that is what submission and obedience looks like, is that, that living sacrifice that always willing to be offered in whatever way to her king. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then the next body part that he um, draws attention to is her teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, he called it a flock of sheep shorn and all have twins. So there's, she's got a full set of teeth. And they have twins. <laughs> I mean, none are missing. None are missing. That's important. That is, <laughs> that is important. Um, and really what he's pointing out here is the maiden's ability to actually process and choose spiritual food. Yep. Um, to She's no longer a small child just on milk. You know, she actually has teeth to be able to bite down into things that require chewing. Yeah. Um, she's and moved she, on to meat. Yeah, she's moved on mm-hmm. to meat. Um and and when we say this, we're talking in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. We're not talking um, this idea of gaining a lot of spirit or a lot of information about something. Right. So just be clear. I'll, I'll touch on that back again. But um, she's also beginning to distinguish, and we know that she's come a little bit further because now she's able to eat. But she's also able to distinguish what is good to eat and what isn't good to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also starting to distinguish what's, uh, again, true food and what isn't. Mm-hmm. She's also beginning to distinguish between what is from her soul life, what is from her natural zeal, and what is from actually his life. Yes. And so now she's able to be able, you know, to work a little bit more out from the spiritual because she can say, oh, well, that's that's the cardinal life. That's the natural life. Mm-hmm. I can deny that and, you know, work out of the spirit. Yes. 
And so to be able to do this, it, it requires you to learn how to exercise your spirit. It's in your spirit that you process and choose spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this isn't the mind gaining a bunch of information. The mind isn't the spirit. The mind can't understand the things of the spirit. We've been told that. It's only the spirit that can discern things of the spirit. It's yes. only the spirit that can receive revelation from the Lord. Yes. And it's from the spirit that the mind is used as an organ to understand, to actually act on mm-hmm. or give expression to the things of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and so she has learned to do this so much so that she's already learned to chew. She's already learned to mm-hmm. eat. Now she's able to the, get to the point where she can distinguish what's good what isn't good and it's all out of him being the source of her telling her what that is not that she's decided what's good and what's not mm-hmm. and so she's got these teeth now that you know he's he's happy about the fact that she can he can tell her something in her spirit and she can receive it process it and actually do something with it mm-hmm. in a way of giving it back to him right. yes you know and so he is excited yeah about the fact that she's got a full set of teeth yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's definitely a different mindset than probably what we would think in modern christianity of what we think maturity is and mm-hmm. so um to be able to exercise your spirit to understand the things of the lord is probably can be for some quite foreign um and again it is not gaining a bunch of information about the lord it is processing him as we were talking about this as we were thinking about this we were talking about how a baby learns to eat Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, of course, they start with milk mm-hmm. and have the natural instinct to suck. And yeah. so it's very easy for them to eat because just naturally their body does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you start trying to introduce solid foods um, and you, you put a spoon of some mushed up food in their mouth, they actually try to suck on the spoon first. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't actually know what to do with spoon. Mm-hmm. And then you put the food in their mouth and because they don't actually know how their tongue doesn't know how to get it to the back of their mouth mm-hmm. it ends up just, just pushing it out <laughs> and that's why babies wear all their food <laughs> because they don't actually know how to eat yet and the we almost look the same mm-hmm. when we're learning to eat yes. spiritually mm-hmm. we are making a mess most of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're learning but then like you were saying she's even gone beyond this now to where she's not the child whose parent sits the plate of food in front of them and says this is what you're having for this meal and this is what you're having for this meal and this is what you're having for this meal because I know what's best. If I let you eat whatever you wanted, you would literally eat M&M's for every single meal. That's right. <laughs> um, now she's learned to distinguish. Mm-hmm. Um, so so this, is, this is like significant spiritual progress. Yeah, it is. This is, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what, where the Lord has brought her, the work that he's done in her. And he, once again, is reaping the benefits mm-hmm. of his labor in her. Yeah, he's, he's literally able to share his life with her, yes. and she gets it. Mm-hmm. She can process it. She can, you know, do something um, with it in a way of understanding, and they actually have an exchange of life happening, mm-hmm. you know, yep. of his life between the two of them. Because she can see what's his life and not, you know, she can distinguish what's of him and what isn't of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's got some pretty lips, too. Does she? She does. Those scarlet Man, lips. scarlet lips, I tell you what. You know, talking about teeth and chewing and eating the spiritual food, the Lord's kingdom is completely other yes, it is. than our natural kingdom. Mm-hmm. So for us, I mean, I, a lot of times we think of his kingdom being upside down, when really his kingdom's the right side up, and the one that we're living yes. in is the upside yes. down kingdom. Yeah. And so when we eat 
physical <laughs> food, we put it into our mouths. To eat spiritually, mm-hmm. you speak it out. Yes. And that's what the lips represent, the expression of the spiritual food that we've eaten now. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now it's... <laughs> I, we like we like the TV show Parks and Recreation, <laughs> and, and in it, a character he's all, oh, I just learned that you know food converts into energy or whatever, and he starts jumping around, and says, ooh, that was pizza and that was a cookie, and he's doing karate chops. <laughs> so th- those are the physical expressions of what the food, the energy, had done. Yeah, exactly. And so the lips are here to help express what the spiritual food has converted to spiritual energy. Now it's being expressed out. And mm-hmm. through the lips, the red being scarlet signifies redemption and authority. Yes. You know, we're covered in the blood. We talk about that a lot. Uh, the maiden has been made clean by the blood and her spiritual mm-hmm. expression now, how she speaks, is now actually under the authority of her king. Yes. And so, which means she no longer speaks by the flesh, nope. but now speaks by the spirit. It's a big thing. It makes me think of um, in Proverbs where it talks about how tough it is to tame the tongue. Mm-hmm. Right? There's Ooh, some scripture said that pretty about that. Tough it is to tame the tongue. <laughs> Got her tongue tamed <laughs> to be able to say it. I wish I'm I tamed. did. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to say that. Oh, how often do I say something? I think, man. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I know. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you know, very practically speaking, a way to express spiritually mm. is is to, you know, when you're hearing and sharing Christ with one another, mm-hmm. Tyrone says something, and mm, that tastes good. Mm-hmm. That That is spiritually good. Yeah. I, you know, I say back, amen. Or, or you've heard me say, bring it, or come on, any any. I am speaking back at, I am still chewing and processing and expressing that spiritual food that I have just been shared. You're with, receiving given. the food that's been offered to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if you're hearing something and it stirs in your spirit, mm-hmm. speak it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's raining, man. <laughs> hallelujah. No, don't say that's where I went with hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to get a rise out of Tyrone, and I'm not getting anything. <laughs> I don't know what you got out of him there. <laughs> He's rubbing his eyes. Tears. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I was going somewhere more with that. It's an encouragement to speak. We, we have sat in our congregational um, system for so long that we have been taught to not speak. Sure, there mm-hmm. are those those um, more charismatic bins that you know, we call them charismatic, whatever, that will actually say, amen, praise the Lord, and, and speak back out. But that is, and you can tell, when you're, when you're sharing Christ and everybody just sits there staring at you, you're going, man, am I, am I not saying anything? Is this not mm-hmm. good? Is this mm-hmm. mic on? Is it right? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and so, but when people are speaking in response and expressing that back, then you know that the food is being shared. That's spiritually speaking, Christ is being shared. So very practically, how can I express Christ is to share Christ. Speak of him. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> well, I was just going to bring it. The idea of she no longer speaks from her flesh, but now by her spirit. Yes. Um, 
So it's not a forced amen. No, exactly. It's not to say, right, that was one of my points in that is, again, don't focus on, is what I'm saying from the flesh, is what I'm saying from the spirit? Right. Mm-hmm. We don't even do that. We don't even do that. And, and, and to also reframe this too, it's Christ telling her these things. Mm-hmm. He's telling her what he right. sees. Yeah. This isn't her seeing for herself what she has. Right. And so, it, again, the focus isn't on being able to, uh, you know, figure out in and of yourself always. And I know that there's a certain discernment, but the discernment she has is only the discernment he's given her mm-hmm. to know if something's of the spirit or the flesh. So she has nothing in herself to be able to do that. Only right. he has done that. Yep. She's just submitted herself to it. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to speak from, you know, the idea now, he's like, wow, when you speak, you speak me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when you speak, you speak of me, mm-hmm. only me, about me, you know, and that's because she's focused on him. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to point out. He didn't ever mention her ears, but same with hmm. with the dove's eyes, spiritual perception. Mm-hmm. You can hear, you know, if, if you've been focusing on and you have that spirit, those dove's eyes and even <laughs> dove's ears, I don't know. Uh, tuned into the Lord and his voice, you can tell. You can hear when it's not of yeah. him. You can tell when somebody's speaking from the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Also, I know that one thing that has helped me when I am, when when I feel prompted to say something and I'm like turning to the Lord mm-hmm. yes. in, in discerning, Lord, is this of you or is this of me, is that um, if it requires faith for me to say it, yeah. It's more than likely him. But if it doesn't, <laughs> it's more than likely me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that's another good example on the other side of that same coin. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just talking and just talking out the side of my mouth, and it's not of the Lord. And, you know, and so to speak of the Lord is to not, to not speak. Yes, <clears throat> too, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we'll speak more about that coming up in the next hour. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, talking about the king yeah. and speciality. Mm-hmm. 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 We were uh, the king is talking to his maiden, the Shulamite woman, in Song of Songs, just like our king talks to the church. As we have come through initial love and faltering love, and now we're in growing love, and he is pointing out aspects of her body that are not just aspects of her physical expression, but they are. Aspects of a spiritual expression. Yes. And so we have talked about her hair, her I mean, her eyes, her hair, and her teeth, and her lips. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about her temple, her cheeks, temples, her cheeks on her cheekbones, her... <laughs> <laughs> they're below her eyes. Over to the side of her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they um, represent spiritual beauty. And basically like a piece of pomegranate within thy locks is what uh, Song Song of Songs 4, 3 says. Pomegranate is a picture of the Lord and his body. Mm. Again, this is behind a veil because the world cannot appreciate it. Her beauty is for her king. We talked about that earlier. You know, spiritual sight being for the king. All these expressions are for the one. Mm -hmm. Yes. The king. Yeah, because sometimes we don't understand why the world doesn't understand Mm-hmm. Right. And really, it is only the king that understands and sees what he's developed in her. So it's not a surprise that the world would 
Um, yes. And that's often not appreciate where, what what the Lord has done. And that's often where the church has gotten tripped up is yeah. because then they try to change yes. to yes. be to, something the, the world appreciates or the world notices. Yes. We put all that makeup it. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's saying, no, the, your, your beauty is for me. Mm-hmm. Your, the world will never appreciate what I've, you know, built in you, what I've, mm-hmm. you know, made yeah. you to become. Yes. Not the way I will. Right. Because, like Allison said last hour, she said, it's because now we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now we have that. We're living by that spirit. Mm-hmm. The world does not have the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. How, and we get so caught up in trying to make the world act a certain way when it can't. It can't. It does not have that ability to. No. It doesn't have the spirit, <laughs> that power within. Mm-hmm. So the cheeks are just above the neck. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so he also com- compliments her neck or speaks of her neck. And he calls her neck a Tower of David builded for an armory. And... First of all, the neck usually represents um, our man's will. We, we hear people being called stiff-necked, mm-hmm. meaning their, their, their will is very unbendable. They are set in their own will. But her neck is actually representative of her submissive will to mm-hmm. the king. We talked about her head, her hair being um, a picture of her submission. Well, her neck is specifically the, her own will's submission mm-hmm. to, um, to her king. But it's also um, a tower builded for an armory. So this is a, this is a defensive structure. Mm-hmm. It's actually defensive against attacks. And what's really interesting is that it is the fact that her will is submitted to her yes. king that gives her that defense yes. against attacks. Yes. It is that obedience and that submission and her will that um, fills essentially this tower with weapons. Um, that that causes that that creates the storehouse of weapons for attack to to defend against attack within her, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's funny how um, contrary that would seem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we think well if, if there's going to be attack, I need to be proactive. I need to sort of um, kind of store up these things for myself. But all it is is that submission and obedience. That, that actually does the work. And it made me think of Jesus in the wilderness when he's tempted yep. by the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he overcomes is his submission to his father's will, his mm-hmm. obedience, yep. his, his complete <laughs> obedience. Mm-hmm. And every time the enemy brings something against him, what's, what does he do? He turns to what the father has given him, that submission to the father mm-hmm. um, in, in every instance. So... We see the same thing in her. We see um, a submission, and out of that submission is a defense against um, the enemy. Yes. Yes. Very good. Next thing he looks at and talks about are her breasts, which he calls uh, like two fawns, twins of a gazelle, which feed among the lilies. So breasts that represents the seat of the emotions. And we talk about faith and love must be in balance so the twins faith and love uh, and the lilies speak of purity and a cleansed conscience so talking about these these breasts they are identical in size the the faith and love implying that faith and love should grow together mm-hmm. to identical stature mm-hmm. no one commended by the lord as beautiful and fair could be great in faith but s- small in love right. or, or even vice versa be great in love but really have no Faith, such imbalance could not be praised as beauty. In the New Testament, we see, you know, we talk about uh, faith and love are set forth being equal importance. 
Galatians 5, 6, 1 Timothy 1, uh, 5 and 14, Philemon 5. I, I read those earlier. I, I won't read them now, but you can look those up. Galatians 5, 6, 1 Timothy 1, 5 and 14, and Philemon 5. In it, both faith and love are mentioned. Mm-hmm. One of them even, it's uh, faith through love, and even love through faith, which uh, made me wonder. I wanted to ask you guys, talk to you guys about this, because the picture I had was faith and love kind of being very similar to faith and works. We talk about faith without works is dead, but then works without faith really is just religion mm-hmm. or, or, you know, our own shallow work. And so I would even go so far to say faith without love is dead. You know, you see, oh, they have great faith. They're men of faith. But if there's no love expressing that faith, mm-hmm. then is that is that really... That's an imbalance, then, wouldn't yes. it? Be? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, they say, show me your works kind of thing. Where are your works? If you have all this love, but there's no faith, then it's, an, again, an unbalanced thing. Mm-hmm. So these really come together, faith and love. I, I see each being the expression of the other. Yeah. Yes, faith, I agree. Exercising my faith is an expression of my love for the Lord. Yes. My love in him, my love for him, my my trust in him. So my faith, when I when I take something by faith, when I accept something by faith, like my mm-hmm. identity in him, when I'm not feeling so good, but I know that I am seated in the heavenlies or however, I, I accept that by faith, that that's an expression of my love for him. Yes, it is. And then at the same token, when I'm loving my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. when I when I am expressing that love, then that is an expression of that faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about those thoughts? Because I wanted to run those by you and I hadn't had a chance to. I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> As you were talking, I was thinking particularly someone who maybe has a large measure of faith but no love, um, then it could be evidence of, of a motive, mm-hmm. you know, and an, um, out-of-balance motive. They're, yeah. They're... they're, they're Faith comes from a motive of some, you know, self, someplace yeah. other than Christ, and um, and the same for the other way as well. If there's what seems to be a lot of love but no faith, you know, then there's um, like you were saying, it's just it's when when they're out of balance, it's evidence of something being off. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the Lord's obviously into balance. He talks about the teeth having twins. She has yes. all of her teeth. And the breasts are, are the same and they are identical in stature and size. Yeah. Right. Because faith and love grow together. Mm-hmm. When yeah. it's true faith and true love, yes. they grow together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you have all this love and you think, oh, love is tolerance and all this other stuff that we see in the world today. But without that faith in the Lord, then it's just a resounding gong. Yeah. <laughs> Even love can be that. Love can be that too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to put, what I didn't want to do was put, um, like, make make works the thing. You know what I'm saying? When I was mm-hmm. comparing faith and works to faith and love. Right. Like, 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 to show my love, I have to have all these works. I, I didn't want to, that's not what I'm meaning or saying. I'm not right. trying to put that on to love. Because what is love, Tyrone? You say it so eloquently. <laughs> that's not eloquent. <laughs> it is... What is it? Benefiting. Giving of yourself at the expense of yourself to benefit someone else. Yes. yes. Right. Benefiting others at the expense of yourself. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and so, but the, the love the Lord is after is even love that, 
benefits him at the expense of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the love he loves us with. Yes. Yes. He benefits us at the expense of himself. Mm -hmm. Yes, the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth, a life poured out. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's loving him back with his own love, Mm -hmm. that highest love. Yes. All right, awesome. So even moving on and maturing in the Lord now. Can I I start this? Because I really think what this little bit right here would lead really well into what you're going to say. All right. So, so we, we've seen what the, the king, you know, comments on what he says about her, and then we see her response. And her response is very telling because um, before when the king would, um, I just lost it, compliment her, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was almost like this, this, there was this pride. Mm-hmm. There was this sort of um, enjoyment in herself. Of, look what I've accomplished. Yeah, look, look what he something. sees in me. Yeah. Look, look at look at what's in me for him mm-hmm. to comment on. But we actually see an entirely different response in her now. And I mean, this this is not this is not a you look very beautiful today compliment mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. king. Like this is intense, mm-hmm. you know. And her response is, um, "Get me to the mountain of myrrh mm-hmm. and the hill of frankincense." Mm-hmm. And so we see now in her this humility. This deep humility because of the recognition that it is his work in her mm-hmm. that he is now able to compliment, um, to comment on. And it's not something she has within herself of herself. It is all his own work. And she's recognizing now that that work has come through the cross, the mountain of myrrh, and mm-hmm. his resurrection life, the hill of frankincense. And so mm-hmm. she's asking for more. Yes. She's actually saying, I see, I see what what these things now accomplished for you, yeah. and and I'm, I'm, um, I want more for you. Mm-hmm. So get me to the mountain of myrrh and the the hill of frankincense, um, which shows how different maturing in the Lord is from maturing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Very. It's like I said earlier. The kingdom of heaven is utterly different than the kingdom in which mm-hmm. we currently operate. And therefore, it stands to reason that maturity looks different. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should. In the world, we expect, you know, what, what our whole goal in raising our kids is what? So they won't be so dependent on us? Yep. Mm-hmm. Be independent people and go on out into the world, make your mark, grow up, be a, be a person. <laughs> yes, please, be a person. <laughs> be a person. I didn't want to be a, be a man. And, mm-hmm. ah, you want to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you see what happens. Yep. So <laughs> as we mature in the world, we tend, we try to become more independent. Yep. Yes. We even celebrate Independence Day. Mm-hmm. A lot of countries celebrate an Independence Day of some yeah. sort. Mm-hmm. We want to be independent of everything, do our own thing mm-hmm. and all that. But with the Lord, guess what? We are a bondservant to him. Mm-hmm. Scripture says bondservant or slave to Christ. And you think, whoa, I'm no, sl- I'm no slave. Well, that's your independence right there rising up. Yeah. And that's, that's a sign of immaturity, spiritual immaturity. Because if I am mature in the Lord, we become more dependent. Yep. Yes. yes. Not independent, but dependent. Yep. The Lord will not allow you to become independent of him. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He lets you if you if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. He he says, "Okay, you can do your thing." And he and then he removes himself from that situation. But what he is after, the growth, the maturity he wants 
is not an independence from him, Mm-mm. but it's a dependence on him. Yes. Yes. I am the vine, you are the branches. Yep. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Those who do not abide in me, guess what? They bear no fruit and they get cut off. Mm-hmm. But if you abide in me, and so our spiritual maturity, our thoughts of that have to shift. Yes. It's not spiritual maturity is, oh, now I get to run the such and such ministry at church. Or now I'm a pastor. I'm so spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity is a dependence on the Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Not an, oh, and I can do whatever I want and I can do this and I can do that. And, and so this includes being dependent on the Lord, includes being dependent on his saints, yeah. his body, his church. Yes. We grow dependent on one another yes. as well. I don't mean that it's a dependency on, oh, they have to feed me. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm so dependent that I can't even feed myself. <laughs> you see how complex and nuanced this is? We still supply our part, mm-hmm. our portion, because our brothers and sisters are depending on us. Right. Just right. as we depend <clears throat> on them, they are depending on us. And if we're not doing our portion to provide that life to them, then we're stunting their growth. Mm-hmm. So it's mutual. Yes, we're stunting the growth of the Lord's body. But And so it's a dependence on, um, again, not a dependency on to feed us, as in, a con- you know, we have the congregational system, again, I talked about earlier, the one pastor speaking to everybody. That's not what I'm talking about, that we sit and we depend on one person to feed us. We feed each other. It's the dependency to experience and express his fullness. Yeah, well, it's divine dependency because, in a way, you have like we have a skewed view of what dependence is. Yes. We don't yes. want somebody to be dependent upon us. Right? If if babies are dependent, on, like it's whatever's appropriate to be dependent, mm-hmm. like a baby. But if you're an adult and you're still trying to act like a baby, it's yeah. hard for us to say mm-hmm. that that's okay. Yes. And but we're talking about divine dependency, and this is when I say this is out of divine life that we recognize there is nothing within ourselves to do anything. Yep. We have nothing within ourselves to produce. There's nothing that we can do. We are dependent upon you, Lord, for everything. Yes. And that is the dependency he's talking about. That is the dependency. It's divine dependency, not human dependency. Right. Yeah. There's a different life behind the skewed view of dependent. Even in human life, even from, from childhood or being a baby to being adult, there's still a dependency for the baby and the adult that's the same. And mm-hmm. it's dependent mm-hmm. on human physical needs whatever that may be you're mm-hmm. dependent in that way mm-hmm. and so it is in the spirit it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with the mm-hmm. lord spiritually speaking you're always dependent on christ from beginning until beginning mm-hmm. yes yeah and and so it it shifts and it grows and it changes as we, you guys have been saying and as we've been talking about as we mature mm-hmm. doesn't isn't it jesse penn lewis doesn't she have a book, or somebody have a book called From the Cross to the Cradle? Uh, she talks about that okay. in one of her books. I can't remember the name of it. but um, right. Again, not, not, not a cross to now I'm just a baby, but it's that utter dependency on the Lord. Yep. Yeah. That we're actually learning more and more dependence. Just because the natural life is independent. Yeah. So we're actually we actually have to learn dependence. We do. <laughs> it it doesn't come naturally to us in the in the spiritual sense. Obviously, when we're a baby, we're naturally dependent, and you know. But um, our flesh is it fights against is it. naturally independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to to wo- to walk in the spirit, to live by the spirit, we have to learn dependence. So this is a good litmus test mm-hmm. to you becoming. If something's causing you to be more dependent on the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
than it is the Lord. Right. Yeah. You're, you're actually maturing yes. when you yes. actually give yourself over to that dependence. It's that stress that causes the sweetness. Yes. You're and going through that mm-hmm. drought, and you're asking for that to be removed so you don't have to walk through that. But he's like, no. Yeah. He wants you to learn to, to depend on him. Depend on him. Yes. That's actually a sign of maturity. Yes. yes. You will never become independent from the Lord, ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. That will never be the case. When you accept that circumstance mm-hmm. as an opportunity, as the way to throw yourself on the Lord and mm-hmm. depend on him, that's when you grow. That's when that maturity happens. It's the original thing back in the garden, our independence. Yep. We wanted to be like God and not depend on God. Right. Yeah. I think that's why he, and this it still goes back to identity, but I think that's why he speaks and tells her what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And for us in Christ, he tells us who we are and what we look like according to how he looks. Yes, yes. yes. exactly. And he continues to iterate that he speaks it over and over again Mm -hmm. and then there's the corporate iteration or reiteration of that which is the same and it actually builds up in us Mm -hmm. a greater dependence Mm -hmm. that's how we mature too and the example is like you tell a little kid at whatever stage here that you hand them this item and you say here's this bowl Mm -hmm. and they immediately accept it that's what it is you could tell them it's a gun sure Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But but the corporate expression of everyone else in his community when he goes to restaurants or when he goes to the movies or wherever there's places where there are bowls will be against what you tell him if it's a lie. Mm-hmm. But if everywhere else he experiences and sees this is a bowl because the corporate expression says so too, mm-hmm. it, it reinforces, yep. Yep, it, it builds up, and it strengthens. And so for us in Christ, maturing is an ongoing process and that mm-hmm. dependency becomes so deep. We see it in the world in the forms of like chemical dependency mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and addictions and things yes. like that because we're, we we're actually, we're, we're, we're created to, to be dependent, to be dependent yep. and mm-hmm. to bond. Yep. Yes. And so for our Lord, he set it up where this is you, but it's not you because of you. It's, it's according to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us. Yeah. It's him. Yep. It's for him. Amen. And there's nothing we can do. And he reinforces it. He's not going to mm-hmm. do anything else but reinforce that, build that up, strengthen that yep. so that all that's left. Well, that's the reality so that our experience of that is it's just Christ mm-hmm. and we need him. Right. He's, yeah. he's our all. Yeah. He's everything we, we can ever ask or think of. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the one who gives us light. He's the one who is our Lord mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Yeah, amen. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we were all saying it. Yeah, amen. That's awesome. So we've seen this different response in her. Mm-hmm. And now the Lord basically comes back around. Yeah. To where mm-hmm. he was um, last section. Yeah, he called her before, and she kind of just said, well, maybe. I'll think about it. Right. You know, and now he's calling her, and she literally is like, okay, let's go. When? How high? Where do you want to go? And he calls her away again to some mountains, and they list a couple of mountains in there that would be fun to explore sometime for people. But 
um, generally when it's a mountain, he's talking about you coming up from from in yourself to his perspective of yes. things, his heavenly view of things, the yes. way he sees things. So he's going to call you to him yep. so you can see things the way he sees them and go with him in that, too. And so this time he's re- she's completely willing yes. to go wherever he wants to go. And it is upon these mountains that he's wanting to go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that desire never changed. Mm-mm. Just because she didn't come away with right. him the first time, mm-hmm. that, that didn't mean his desire changed. And he said, okay, well, I'll make a different plan. No. He said, okay, I'm going to form in you mm-hmm. the ability to yes. come away with me yes. to these mountains. Yes. And, and that's what we see in faltering love and the work growing in love. Yes. Yeah. Now we see him having gained in her. Mm-hmm. And so now he, he makes the request again. Yep. Yes. And this time, oh my gosh, it gives me chills. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. She doesn't even say anything. She just simply obeys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just comes with him. Yes. Like, silent, silent response. Yes. Um, and his response to that is, you have ravished my heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like he is so unbelievably overjoyed mm-hmm. um, by her simple obedience, trust, willingness, by mm-hmm. seeing the, the fruit, seeing his own fruit in mm-hmm. her. Now, to where he can make this request of her, and instead of resisting him by staying behind her wall, and mm-hmm. then eventually coming out of the wall, but still not being willing to go up on the mountains with him, right. she's now saying, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much so, what's he call her, Andrew? He calls her his sister, his bride. Yes. His spouse, actually. He mm-hmm. says, my sister, oh, my that's spouse. The part, that's the part you like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, yes, it is. Yes, he does. And, he, and you, you can take the time to read in there all the stuff he's enjoying, like how he's actually enjoying the fruits of his labor. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I guess I do want to, real quick, mm-hmm. the idea that the we always think that we're always trying to get somewhere, we're trying to muster up to try to be something. And the thing is, is the Lord's wanting to do all of it for us yep. all the time. I mean, even to so much so enable us to come to the mountains. Mm-hmm. He sees that it's hard. He knows that it's hard. He's lived it. He walked it. He knows what it's like to be in the human flesh and to have to battle with it. So he's actually not, not so much the, he's always the source, but he's also the power in which to do it, to get you there. You know, there's really, it's, um, it's amazing to me how he's actually provided for everything. It's evidence of how big of a God we have. Mm-hmm. He, he really is the King of Kings, mm-hmm. the Lord of Lords, the all in all. And he he does it. Um, he has more than enough within himself to do it. And it thrills him when we let him. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. She's let him. She's yielded. And so now when he calls her, when he makes this request for her, that is beyond herself. Mm-hmm. She cannot do this in and of herself. It's still beyond herself. Um, she responds. Mm-hmm. She trusts in his ability. Mm-hmm. His ability. Um, yeah. In him, in him, in his ability and him being able to do it yes. and just just responds. And it um, it literally thrills him. It, it thrills him. And so now we're actually seeing the mm-hmm. king get mm-hmm. what he's after. He yep. we're, when we talked about how this fruit was meant to nourish him, we're seeing it seeing it nourish him now. Yes. And so that leads her to this life of love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not talking ace of base. Yes. <laughs> she you also see towards the end in uh, verse 16 um she you see this where she's starting to again live this life of love in a way of awake o north wind and come o south wind 
um, blow upon my garden because she knows that, you know, the north winds can bring adversity. Mm -hmm. They bring the winter. They bring those types of things. And the south wind brings, you know, pleasure, warmth and all this stuff. And she doesn't care what wind blows now. Mm -hmm. Just whatever wind you need to blow upon my garden so that way that will let you, my beloved, come into your garden so you can eat of your choices fruits. That's what she's allow anything to happen so that you can eat. Yeah. She's come to that place and that now there's like this divine, ex- a, a, a freer way for a divine exchange between the both of them mm-hmm. to have that life flow back and forth and them to give and take of each other. And she has found the value in that. And so you hear her saying, you know, whatever wind you allow to happen, um, please let that happen so that way you can enjoy. And so they now are able to live a life of love real quick what i see is um there's no longer a fear of the north wind in her Mm -mm. of adversity she doesn't fear it because she's she's learned that the lord can gain through it and she no longer longs for the south wind yeah like in a you know above and beyond what's don't give me the cold give me the south give Mm -hmm. me the pleasure give me the mm -hmm. right um, but both are in their proper place where she's mm-hmm. not living in fear and she's not living in longing Yeah, because she's, she's in that, um, sort of safe, that safe place that, f- that, um, not firm, but, um, steadfast place mm-hmm. of wanting what, she, wanting her beloved to have what he's after. Yeah. And she knows that he can have it in either, either circumstance. Yeah. <clears throat> I really dig Song of Songs 5-1 cause, and 2 Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I guess it is just one, one long verse. I have come into my garden, mm-hmm. my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh along mm-hmm. with my balsam. Mm-hmm. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, friends, drink, and imbibe deeply, O lovers. Yes. He says my an awful lot in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it might, it might be about times. him. It might, it <laughs> might be about him. Who knew? <laughs> Mm-mm. So it, it, you're right, RC. It is about him, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the bride, over time, has been able to love the Father or love Christ, mm-hmm. and it's by Christ's love that she's able to love. Yep. So she can love her Lord according to His ability and His power. That's actually mm-hmm. what enables her to just obey Him and yes. move. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so she has committed and is committing herself to Christ at all cost so that Christ may gain and experience pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I like that. The world says, if you love me, then you will let me have what I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are things that I personally have experienced and have said myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world says, if you love me, then let me be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Superstar. Mm-hmm. The world says, if you love me, then join me in what I am doing. Yeah. The world says, if you love me, then hurry up. Yeah. It also says, if you love me, then do evil against someone else or accept me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the world system says and teaches about love is not love at all. Mm-hmm. It teaches another L word. Mm-hmm. Familiar with that show, the L word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say it. <laughs> But the L word means it, a lie. A lie. Mm-hmm. And so these are, I know we have, we'll have some, some more practical things, but these are some of the things practically too for experiencing Christ as we are 
gaining and growing in dependence upon him, mm-hmm. which is a life of love in Christ Jesus says things like, Lord, I will wait on you. Mm-hmm. Lord, what is it you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lord, you are the greatest among the gods. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lord, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And Lord, enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so those are just some uh, practical ways that I have experienced, and I'm sure all of us here have experienced, in turning to the Lord as we are, how can I say, aiming our dependence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like aiming our dependence on him. Focusing on him. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's he's the target of dependency. And so that's that's who we turn to. Yeah. It's not always easy to do. It's not always it doesn't always come like that, but mm-hmm. it does over for, time. For, it, over time, but there's no other option. No. Mm-hmm. He will make no other option. Yeah. <clears throat> he shrinks it down. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was thinking about the story of Jonah and how mm-hmm. He tells Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and pronounce judgment or whatever. And Jonah says no. Mm-hmm. And he goes down to Joppa because he wants to go to Tarshish. He buys his little ticket on the ferry. And the whole time I'm like, Lord, why don't you just forget Jonah and just go straight to the king and, mm-hmm. and do it that way? No. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants it a certain way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he will have what he wants. Yes. Mm-hmm. What does so, he do? What, to to what, get what he wants. Yeah, he... First, he causes a storm. Mm-hmm. He puts Jonah in a storm. Mm-hmm. Then Jonah gets thrown overboard because all these other people's like, we're not dying for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he brings a fish, he goes through all this to get his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's almost like, and this is for me too, there's, there's like this, the easy way and the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so the hard way, oftentimes with me, is the Lord having to go through that process of pinning you in, confining you, confining you, putting you into a corner mm-hmm. so that you'll turn to him and be and depend yes. on him. That's true. Yeah. Putting and, you in the belly of a fish. Yeah, And eventually yeah. that shifts to, yes, Lord. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, because I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of practicals, you know, and it's easy to talk about turning ourselves to the Lord. Mm-hmm putting our dependence and focus on him. But a lot of times that's not so easy to do in, in practice. Mm-mm. You know, if I'm going through this, my mind is just going over yes. and over this stressful situation. Yep. If one, one very easy, practical thing to do is to just sing a song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not just any old song, not like row, row, row your boat <laughs> gently down the stream. Turn, Which is turn, probably what you want to do hearts. to get out. Yes. <laughs> I, somebody's rewritten that. Didn't we do that? Yes, turn, we did. Turn, 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 turn your hearts gently to the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it was Tony, wasn't it, Tony? I'm San Antonio. Tony. Yeah, yes. Tony from yeah, San Antonio. It was, it was. It was. I need to reach out to him. Anyway, sing, sing a song yeah. about the Lord. You know, because even corporately speaking, gathering with the saints if your meetings get off target a little bit get derailed sing a song Mm -hmm. turn your focus back to the lord you know king jesus is our head oh that's right the rest of him are we kind of thing yes Yes. and so it's one of those oh it just it's a it's a easy trigger i remember listening to a my, my wife tends to talk to her sister's in Christ for a very long time, <laughs> hours on end, 
And I remember several different conversations. She'll be talking to him, and then she just starts singing. But it's because she's helping her sister turn to the Lord. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're getting caught up in the situation, whatever it might be. But singing that song returns that, you know, turns their focus back on the Lord and, and who he is. And then in turn, who they are in him. Yes. That identity thing. And so speaking of practicals and songs, when we come back, oh man, we're going to try to um, help you see the Lord in some songs. Yes? Yes. yes. Even this one. <laughs> I, it's called Music Sunny Day. The Lord is the sun. That's right. And, and the, the new day. day. And the yes. new day. Man, you guys are even good on that. So we're going to see the Lord in some songs coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to To the Saints. This is RC. This is Tyrone. <laughs> and this is Andrew. This is Carrie. This is Bridget. And this is Allison. 